Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The only difference is, is that this shit was real. And I was actually expected to know something. I didn't know anything. Gonzo, the Coast Guard years. Key West, episode eight. What's a Thetis? What the hell is a Thetis? And what the hell am I doing here? I mean, I'm with all these other seamen and seamen apprentices. Most of these guys actually had real legitimate seamanship skills. I mean, I I did my practicals and so on paper, I knew what I was doing, but I didn't know a fucking thing. I didn't know anything about seamanship. It was just, it was the fucking worst. I mean, I could tie a few knots. I mean, that, 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 that I was able to do. Um, but you know, who couldn't, it's like, it's like this anyway. Okay. So I'm standing amongst all these dudes Acting or looking like, well, I thought I looked like I knew what I was doing, but I'm, I'm sure everyone else saw right through it because they, they, they knew I had to be fucking lost. So in addition to these um, semen and semen apprentices, there were also two bosun's mate, a third class bosun's mate, which is a third class petty officer and a second class or um, bosun's mate two, which is a second class petty officer. And, uh, and you know, I never exactly knew why they called them petty officers. I mean, it, it had to have been some like derogatory term that let everyone know that they were inferior to real officers. Um, according to the Oxford English Dictionary, it says the title derives from the Anglo-Norman and Middle French petite. Yeah. I'm not sure I'd ever classify any of them as being petite. I mean, it means of small size, small, oh, little, what? No, that's just the worst. The term petty officer actually never really sunk in as being, you know, a good name. I I always hated it. Uh, And being called petty officer, blah, 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 blah. It's, oh, that had really sucked. I mean, no one ever called me that. I mean, even when I became a petty officer, um, maybe when I, when I got in trouble or something like that, or somebody was mad at me, they would call me that. And, and, and that, that usually didn't go over very well, but anyway, who, right, who cares? Right. In addition to, um, the seamen and seamen apprentices and, uh, the bosun's mates, uh, we also had Lieutenant junior grade who was our department head. And when you're in charge of the deck department, that meant you were the first Lieutenant, not like the first lieutenant from the the, the movie with Har- Harvey Keitel or 
the first lieutenant from Mutiny on the Bounty. And honestly, I forgot um, the original movie, but I know like um, the second movie, uh, Mutiny on the Bounty, um, I think it was um, Mel Gibson actually. So anyway, yeah, go ahead, go, go, go look it up. Um, anyway, that was really bad. Yeah, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Anyway, so being the first lieutenant on a on a sh- operational ship is there's a lot of responsibility that you are in charge of like all the deck operations or evolutions as they were sometimes are mostly called. But on this ship, the fetus, the first lieutenant was essentially a babysitter. I mean, we weren't going to be doing real seaman shit, seaman shit, seamanship shit for a while. Um, I mean, the average seaman on, on in the deck department was like 19 or 20 years old. And uh, I mean, there were a few folks that were a little bit older. Uh, they were prior army that in, ended up uh, joining the Coast Guard. And on, honestly, I don't know why somebody in the army would decide to join the Coast Guard. And I remember two of them. Uh, in particular, they were a little overweight, um, really out of shape. Uh, I, I think they joined the Coast Guard when they still had what was called um, prior service uh, boot camp, which essentially, um, as I said in, in season one, there are folks that were on other military services and then they joined the Coast Guard and their boot camp at the time was essentially just going through specific Coast Guard shit. And not the actual, you know, other rigors of boot camp, you know, which all the push-ups and the physical fitness, all that kind of crap. Because believe me, these fuckers would not have been able to pass a Coast Guard physical fitness test. Yeah, that, that was, that was, okay, now I'm just going to go off on a tangent. But anyway, um, we also had a chief who wasn't there just yet. I, th- I think he was in transit to Key West or still on his, on another assignment. But, you know, we, we did have a chief that was going to be part of our group. He just wasn't with us at the time. So our BM2, uh, the second class petty officer, he actually was coming from a small boat station. And if I recall correctly, had no uh, big white one or, you know, any cutter experience. So I think this was like a, a new thing for him. And uh, we, we, we called him Mac all the time. I think I may have called him like BM2 most of the time, but maybe I did call him Mac. I, I, I you know, I don't remember. But he was, he was a nice guy. So I will admit that there, there was one thing cool about him. He was a great guy. And, um, I think he was just learning like the rest of us and trying to get along. And I think he was, um, planning on, you know, learning from the seamen that were already there. And again, like I said, quite a few of them had a lot, had some skills, seamanship skills, but, um, yeah, he was in for a rude awakening. And then, then we had the bosun's mate third class or the third class pity officer. Holy fuck. This dude was a serious fucking disaster. He was really tall, you know, six, two or more. I mean, easily what made him a disaster. Okay. Hold on to this. He was really lean and all of his uniforms were, they were outstanding. They, they, they were impeccable. So from an outward appearance, he, he looked like he had his shit squared away. I mean, at least his uniforms were squared away. He always wore these old, like, aviator glasses. So we always try to look like, you know, a, a Navy dude with these, like I said, these naval aviator glasses. The Coast Guard really didn't have anything associated with them as, as aviator glasses. I mean, uh, but these were like, you know, Navy issue, I think. But anyway, I swear the guy thinks like he was walking at a top gun or something like that. And when he wore his ball cap, he had it, the bill pulled down so much that 
You could barely see his eyes. And the crazy thing was, though, here, here, here it is. He had zero fleet experience. Now, your average seaman apprentice or um, petty officer spends, you know, six months to a year, year and a half in the fleet doing seamanship shit. Or if he was an engineer type, you know, he, he would do an engineering shit. This guy, none, not a single one. Being a BM3 or Bosun's mate third class, his first, his, 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 his first duty station was the Coast Guard Cutter Thetis right out of, um, out of uh, Bosun's mate school. Before that, holy shit, the dude was in the U.S. Coast Guard Honor Guard. Which is not to say it's not a cool gig, but he knew nothing about the real Coast Guard. I mean, the things that, that the Honor Guard does, way cool. I mean, it's, it's, it's like watching the U.S. Marine Corps Honor Guard. Everyone knows they're badass. And I imagine the Coast Guard Honor Guard's pretty badass, too, as far as, you know, you know Honor Guard stuff. But he didn't know shit. I mean, I don't think he even knew anything about, like, he, I knew no, more about not tying and seamanship shit than he did. And saying seamanship shit is really hard to say. But anyway, it, uh, I'm not kidding you. I knew more than he did. That's sort of the basic, you know, leaders of our organization. And, and I'll talk more about them a little bit later. But things sort of get sort of weird and fuzzy at this point about the rest of my time in, in physically in Key West, Florida. It's okay. Because it, it just seems like um, not too long after that, our, our chief arrived. And let me tell you, he was a, in stark contrast to all the other chiefs I knew or had met at that time. I mean, way different. How different? He wasn't the tallest guy, um, uh, that's for sure. And um, he was kind of a medium to slim build. I, I don't even think he was like 5'5". Five, five. And um, he looked older than most people at his rank uh, would be. And at least the ones I had known thus far. Yes, I said thus far. I know this isn't Shakespeare, but come on, people. This podcast might be your only culture. Fucking savages. Anyway. He always liked to wear his combination cover, which was like um, a big old bus driver looking hat that we wore. He had a real veiny nose and it appeared that he had liver spots on his hands and face. As it turns out, um, I think he had a, a problem with alcohol. At least that was the rumor. But he, he was really a nice guy, though. I mean, he was never rude to anybody. Um, and, and, and if he got mad, I mean, you really, really, really fucked up if he got mad. Because um, he was, he was always, he's always a good guy and he was always really good to me. He, he was, he was like, like I said, he was kind and um, he made sure I knew my responsibilities. And by that, I mean, he gave me way more work than your average know nothing semen apprentice should. And you're wondering why would he do that? Well, here it comes. Chief had once been stationed on Guam. And for those of you who don't know, it's an island in the Pacific near the Philippines. Guam also happens to be where I was born. Uh, my mom was Guamanian. That makes me part Guamanian. But of all the fucking people to reach out and recognize me as possibly being from Guam, it had to be this short old looking dude. I mean, people on Guam, like most small communities, they tend to love, hate, backstab, and just in general gossip amongst themselves. Um, they tend to be pretty insanely loyal to their own people, even though they're busy, you know, you know, loving, hating, backstabbing and gossiping about them. But that, you know, at, that's typical 
sort of Guamanian island culture. Dude enjoyed his time so much on Guam that he, he, he met a Guamanian, married her, and had some little Guamanian kids. And every chance he got, he would bring up Guam when he was around me. It was, it was sort of like I was his, um, his, um, his, his, to- his token Guamanian. Uh, I don't mean that in the bad way, but anytime a conversation came up, he would bring it up. It was like he had gone full-blown Guamanian native or Chimoro. I mean, I, I think he, he, he thought I was raised with the same, you know, cultural sort of things that they have on Guam. And uh, I, I guess in general, I, I did, I mean, a little bit because my, my mom was Guamanian. So I'm sure a little bit of it transferred um, uh, being brought up by a Guamanian. But anyway, I, I, I don't know if he knowingly or consciously or subconsciously or whatever it was, but he ended up making me one of the three or four leading seamen, even though I wasn't actually a seaman yet. I was still a seaman apprentice. And uh, well, anyway, I, I didn't know any seamanship shit. So I, I was still baffled by all this. It was like a few weeks later or something like that. I mean, I, I don't remember, but I was on a plane for the third time ever in my life. I was headed to Newport, Rhode Island. I don't know how or when it happened, but I eventually ended up in the barracks in Newport, Rhode Island. What I do remember is that it was on a fucking Navy base. I was like, crap, I, I really can't get away from these Navy people. It, it was just fucking nuts. I, I, I didn't join the Navy. I was in the fucking Coast Guard. Although I will admit living in the Navy barracks was way better than living on a ship. I mean, I basically was in a real bed. I mean, although it was like a cot of some sort, it basically was just a, it was like a futon, but it had a slightly better mattress and it didn't have like the bar in the middle of the back that, you know, always was there on a futon, but essentially it was just a futon. And I thought also that I would have a real bathroom. Well, no, not the fuck at all. Now, don't get me wrong. It was a real bathroom. Um, you know, it, it had a toilet in sinks, but it was one of those big ass bathrooms that you had to share with like a gazillion other dudes. And these dudes still at this point were complete strangers to me. So sharing a bathroom with complete strangers was just, it it, it was really fucking nuts. I I don't, uh, I don't, it was so weird. And despite what you think, you know, me doing this podcast, I'm a bit of an introvert. So being around a bunch of strangers um, is difficult enough. Being around a bunch of strangers sitting in my underwear or, you know, taking a shower, being around these dudes was, was, it was really hard to get used to. I mean, let's just face it. When you're in a public bathroom and you're, you know, you're a dude and you're in a urinal, you know, dudes don't talk to each other. They don't look at each other. It's just like, get in, do your business and get the bleep out. Right. Well, and I never, you know, go poo poo caca in a public bathroom. It's just something I don't do. But now, now I'm in a bathroom with a bunch of strangers and dudes are sitting on the can doing what dudes do on the can. And, you know, it was really rough. And I mean, it was, it was just as bad as boot camp, except in this case, I didn't break the toilet. So this, I guess this was, um, was a little better. Seeing all these strange faces and sharing a bathroom again, like in boot camp, it was just really uncomfortable. So pretty much like we did, um, before when we were in Key West, we all got dressed up, you know, in our uniforms and we went and formed up outside. All the enlisted were there. None of the officers were there though. 
and then I mean, it's just like boot camp. We, we were, we're kind of like the weird opposite side of boot camp. There was, you know, waiting for. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Us this gray school bus looking thing. I mean, it was basically a school bus, but it was painted gray. You know, it wasn't a greyhound, but it was a, it was a school bus. So anyway, at, at this point, I was, I was just starting to learn who was who, but I was basically still lost like I was when I was um, first arriving in Key West, Florida. Um, but, you know, thankfully this, this would change uh, pretty quickly. And oddly enough, it started with this crazy ass Navy bus driver that we had. Not that the bus driver was actually in the Navy. I mean, it was pretty clear by his demeanor and also this ginormous boom box. If you don't know what a boom box is, go talk to your parents. He had this boom box bungee tied to the left of him as he drove. It, it pretty much screamed, he is so not Navy. This dude was loud, but he's friendly. He's friendly. And he said hi to everyone. I don't remember a lot of what he would say to us, but he was always really encouraging. So that was cool. He was in a great mood and he did the same thing every time the bus would take off. So when, when, when we left the barracks and when we left the shipyard where the Thetis was located, I'm guessing this is, this is what the guy did. So just before the bus driver would take off, he would turn his boom box on, he would hit the play button. And it's like he had the same song queued up in the exact same spot. It was the song, The Wild Wild West by Cool Mo D. So if you don't know the song, please, 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 please look it up. 
I used to hear this song at least two times a day uh, for like almost a month or so. I actually never learned any of the words uh, because by the time the song uh, was, you know, was, was getting through it's, or got any longer, the bus ride was over. Or maybe he just, you know, had that this, this one spot always like on loop. I, I, I don't know what he did. But every time, and I mean every time that we got on the bus and it took off, we heard the same song. I mean, it was pretty cool, actually. And uh, it, it, so back in the day, I wasn't really a fan of hip hop or rap or anything like that. But the beat was cool. I mean, it was good. And um, on, on a weird way, it was the consistency of it. It was something that I was looking forward to. I knew this was going to happen. So oddly enough, it became just part of my normal day in the good old fucking Coast Guard. Again, for those of you who didn't catch it the first time, the song was called The Wild Wild West by Cool Modi. Please do yourself a favor and check it the fuck out. So the, the bus ride was, I feel like it took us down the, like this sort of mildly windy road. And by down, I mean actually down. If I recall correctly, and this was like a jillion years ago, the Navy base was like on top of a hill type thing or a cliff. So the, the bus was going down the, down the hill, down this road. I mean, this was a long time ago, so my, my, my brain's a little fuzzy on, on those particular details. Uh, but what I do remember is that the closer we got to the ship, my anxiety level was going right the hell up. I mean, the shit was getting real and it was getting real, real fast. And that sounded weird. Um, I, I was actually having the same feeling that I got when the bus was pulling up to Coast Guard Training Center boot camp in Cape May. I don't know why. I mean, I wasn't going to get yelled at or anything like that. I mean, I didn't think I was. It felt like Groundhog Day. I'm showing up at a new Coast Guard place and I didn't know what the bleep I was doing. I was completely lost. I had no idea what I was doing. So, yeah, I, I guess that's why I was getting the feeling. It was like the same thing all over again. Groundhog Day. What I do also remember that this was the first time I saw the ship and I had saw it from a distance. So we're sort of, sort of looking down on it. I don't remember exactly what I was thinking. Again, I was pretty anxious and it was clearly not in a good way. I, I, do, I do remember too that I was thinking that I knew, I knew deep down I was going to get totally seasick. I mean, I just knew I was going to get seasick. And, 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 and this, from, from, from where we were, we we're looking down, everything was just, just looked look dirty and, and grimy. I mean, it was a shipyard and it, it sort of looked like something from those old Mad Max movies. Uh, the ones of Mel Gibson, not the ones with, um, ah, crud, what's the new guy's name? Tom Harding. Um, but his movie is great. So, but all right, I'm digressing, but yeah, it, so it, but it looked like I had just, you know, materialize in the Mad Max world. And the, on the, uh, the other thing is that the ship was, um, it, it seemed way bigger than the cutter Lipan. Uh, if you remember, it was back in Key West, Florida, but then again, things started to get just again, real. And okay. And my memory gets a little foggy at this point. Cause I, I don't know. It's just, there's like a whole gap in my memory. And, and a lot of it is, you know, getting to this ship. Uh, but just like boot camp, um, when we got there, I didn't have much hair in my head, but with what hair I did have, because, you know, I was still getting haircuts. Um, it was like all standing on end. And I don't remember how close we got to the ship. Remember looking at it, that everything was dirty. And there was, I mean, it was a shipyard. 
there was actually sand everywhere. And not because like there was a beach nearby, but there was just lots of sandblasting that they did um, to take paint off the ships, you know, just whatever. I remember that the ship was like, like it was sort of whitish. And again, it was like there was dust everywhere. Uh, Coast Guard ships are are normally white. There are a few that are not. They are um, like, but the buoy tenders, they're black. So those, those are like serious working boats. This, the Thetis was a 270 foot medium endurance cutter and it was white-ish. Again, it was only white, whitish because of all the dirt that was around us. And um, yeah, uh, there was some serious, serious work going on around this place. Now, again, the Thetis was a 270-foot-long medium-endurance cutter that always sounded completely ridiculous to me. It's like selling yourself a little short a medium-endurance cutter. It's, it's as though the crew n- knew that they did not have high endurance, which may have been true because some of the people I met were definitely um, way out of shape. I mean, I'm surprised they had any endurance whatsoever. But I guess that's, that only makes sense to me. Um, so unless you're in the Coast Guard... And, um, it, yeah, it won't make sense to you at all, but essentially, um, medium endurance cutters versus high endurance cutters are essentially, you know, how long the ship could stay out to sea and, um, and stay on patrol and all that kind of cool stuff. So they had more longevity to go on missions. I think that's what it is. I mean, I suppose I should look that up. Well, so while it was not so important exactly where you got on the ship or you left the ship. Although um, if you weren't boarding or embarking or disembarking via the quarterdeck, that meant you were usually into trouble or you were about to get into it. What was most important though, is that there's a ritual, so to speak, um, when you do board a ship or when you're leaving a ship. Assuming the ship is flying or cutter, is flying the U.S. flag and Honestly, I don't remember if we actually had the flag flying uh, because at this point, Thetis was not commissioned yet or not in its pre-commissioning stage. But anyway, so I don't remember if we were, if the flag was, you know, back aft um, or not. Um, By back aft, I mean the the back of the ship on a commission ship, um, the American flag is flying. And again, I'm just really trying to remember if we had it there, but it's not the point. When you were coming up to ship's brow or however mechanism you were getting onto the ship, when you got to the point before you step foot on the ship, if you were in uniform, um, you needed to turn, face back aft, face the flag, salute it. Then you're supposed to turn to face the quarter deck, which is usually where the officer of the deck or OOD uh, was located. And sometimes it wasn't even the officer of the deck. It was whoever was the watchstander at the quarter deck, which was usually a petty officer of E2 or E4, um, at least on the Thetis. And so you would salute that person. They would acknowledge you came on board. And that was that. Essentially, the quarter deck is the reception area on a Coast Guard ship. So essentially, these E4s and E5s petty officers Petty officer third class, petty officer second class, were essentially receptionists. It's yet yet another th- lovely job that I just just I didn't understand it, and and I know that they needed someone there to greet people, and it was sort of like you know also a, a, an information sort of hub 
and ship's announcements were usually made via the quarter deck as well. And that was a four hour watch to whoever actually had it. Now, I don't even remember at this point if the Thetis even had a quarter deck. Honestly, I don't, I don't think it did, but essentially it's, it's just a reception area. So that I think they made us go through the drill to get used to it. But anyway, there was a couple of times though that, um, and it'll be in later episodes, I promise, that um, I left the ship or boarded the ship, not via the quarter deck. And yes, I was doing stupid stuff. Anyway, so I don't remember if they actually made us um, do any saluting, but um, though I do remember hopping off the bus um, and trying to act like I totally knew what I was doing, but I was clueless. Just again, just like I said, I was when I was in boot camp. The only difference is, is that this shit was real and I was actually expected to know something. I didn't know anything. So I remember we all sort of walked up the gangway uh, that, that led to the ship. And I, I, again, I think, um, I think we came onto the flight deck. Maybe not. Maybe it was back at. Anyway, um, the flight deck on was basically where a Coast Guard helicopter or helo, as we usually refer to it, would land and take off. The deck had this really weird coating on it, and it the, the coating was there to help the 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 helo stick to it, and also so it wouldn't slide around uh, when it landed. And this the stuff was sort of jagged, but um, so it was not something you, you really did not want to fall or be dragged across this stuff. It would totally ruin your day. But at the same time, it had like this weird sort of spongy feeling. Um, but again, it, it, it was not fun at all. I mean, there were, there were times later, uh, when I was in the Coast Guard and on another 270 that, uh, it would not be uncommon to see just, um, a dozen or more Coasties lying on the flight deck, uh, trying to catch some Z's during lunchtime before, uh, afternoon quarters. But again, totally different story. And I'm sure at some point I'll talk about that. So I remember we all kind of meandered around and uh, we're, we were waiting it before um, for 8 a.m. to come when we all lined back up again. I think it was 8 a.m. I'm, t- I'm tired. I, I don't remember. But, you know, it's morning muster. It was a, was a staple every day of things that you did. So as we're lined up, I remember our department head, the first lieutenant, uh, we'll call him Gleason again. I, re- I remember that he stood at attention in front of us, you know, as we're all sort of lined up. And sort of, he made his report to, um, well, take the back. So the Bosa's May second class made the report that everyone was present and accounted for to Lieutenant, actually he's junior grade. So Mr. Gleason, who then reported to the XO. And so the department heads were lined up in front of the XO. And then the XO does this, you know, about face reports to the captain who's there and something, something, something about everybody's president accounted for. And then captain does this whole salute thingy and we're all life, life is good. So everybody's there. But during all this mess, I mean, I'm looking around, um, the, the people around me, the, the, the boots, I mean, really most of us were just boots, I mean, like right out of boot camp. Um, I wasn't that long out of boot camp, I mean, it was less than a year, easily less than a year. So none of them knew Jack squats. And how was it that I was going to be one of the leading seamen? Granted, I was senior to most of them just because I'd been in a couple of months longer. 
But then there were more senior guys that, honestly, they were such slackers. Nice guys, but they really just, they were kind of slackers. And maybe just because I was always quiet and kept to myself and just, I didn't come across as a slacker, I guess, but trust me, I'm a slacker. At least I was then. Uh, But anyway, so after Morning Muster, we all sort of gathered around and well, meandered around a bit more. I remember again, looking around and just like, this place is like mess. There's dust everywhere, paint splattered everywhere. I mean, it was like all over the fucking place. One of the things I, I never understood though, is that the Coast Guard keeps their ships looking pretty pristine, generally speaking, but in the shipyards, the place is just, it's just a wreck. You've been listening to Guns of the Coast Guard Years Key West, written and produced by Tim Gonzalez, and I'm Nicholas Gonzalez, the voice guy. Join us next week for another episode of Gonzo the Coast Guard Years. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.